Hey, Cross family, I pray you're having just an incredible week. And let me say again, what an incredible uh, weekend of celebration we had here at the Cross. Good Friday service, powerful prayer time on the backside of that. And then our, our uh, service on Sunday, Easter, uh, Resurrection Sunday, was such a powerful time. Uh, Dustin made a mention of it in the announcement video yesterday. But I had a teammate and this is going all the way back to uh, 1983, 84, a teammate that I had at Troy University. He sent me a note on Sunday morning, and he said, are you preaching today? And I said, absolutely. And he got online. He said it was the first time he had watched it. He lives over in Florence, Alabama. And I was so encouraged that he, uh, he had jumped on. Another friend of mine from Red Deer, Alberta, uh, up in the frigid lands of Canada, was watching it. I was looking at a Facebook uh, as the message was being fired on Sunday, some lady from Kentucky had jumped on real early, and I'm like, man, people all over the nation, North America, uh, were able to check it out. So thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for passing on the word uh, to other people. Now, we've established for all of us, we know that we're living in some crazy times. And this is unprecedented, uh, really, if you go back in history, especially in my lifetime. And what we're seeing is so many people are struggling right now uh, with just worth. So many people, uh, people are feeling uh, uh, hopeless right now. And uh, I, I wanted to share a story before I get into uh, tonight's teaching with you. I've got a friend by the name of John Cunningham. And I met John back in the summer of 1996. But John uh, was pretty much sent home to die in 1993. He sent me a text the other day where he had found uh, a letter, a note from the doctor that pretty much diagnosed all of his uh, cancerous issues that he had in insi inside of his body. And uh, John was pretty much written off by the doctors and was given no hope. Now, again, that was 1993. And he just sent this to me the, uh, the other week and I was reading through it. And he was like, wow, uh, the fact that God has prolonged his life these last 27 years blew his mind. But his, his body was eat up with, with cancer. I mean, tumors all over, and uh, they had pretty much, the medical world has said, we, we can't do anything. John went down to uh, Mexico, met a homeopath, naturopath doctor, began to do some treatment, and God began to restore his body. And uh, I, I was thinking about that from John's lens. You go back hopeless. Uh, we're giving up on you. There's nothing else we can do. And I think a lot of people, when it comes to just how they do life, where they find themselves living today, for so many people, they feel hopeless. Nick shared with me uh, today that the suicide prevention line, uh, they've seen a 300% increase in phone calls. I mean, people are starving and struggling and searching for answers. So I, I want to talk over the next few weeks with you here on our Wednesday at the Cross. I want to talk to you about hope. And I want to pose a few questions as we kind of dive in uh, to this study. And it would be this. Uh, the first question, entertain this. Why are some people more effective than others? You look at their lives. Some people seem to really flourish and be effective and others seem to be stuck. Another question, why, why do some people seem to really be enjoying life while others just kind of endure life? Why do some people seem to be soaring while others just habitually 
appear to be sinking. Why do some people live with such radical generosity and they just give while others are more just consumers and they take? I personally believe that the answer is this. People that soar and, and people that accelerate and really embrace life at a, at a very high level, they're doing so because they have hope inside their souls. Now, we established even this past weekend that the resurrection of Jesus swings open the door of hope for you and I, that we don't have to fear death and we don't have to fear the future and we don't have to fear tomorrow, that we can live with hope, which is just really the peace of Christ inside of us. And I really believe that when we commit to those things that produce and promote hope, we will thrive in life. A principal statement for me, and I wrote this down years ago, is this. You will, never you will never possess what you're unwilling to pursue. You'll never possess, possess it uh, in your own personal life if you're not willing to pursue it. Now, here is a very, very simple, and I would write this down, a practical definition of hope. Hope at its core is having confidence in God. I've got confidence in God. Uh, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So I'm hoping in God. But at the core, uh, def the, the core definition is hope is really having confidence in God. Hope is believing what God has promised in his word to be true. So when we pick up the Bible and we read scripture and we start to personalize it, what we're saying is, I believe, God, what you say in your word is true. Hope is also a resolve to keep walking even if the road appears to be somewhat aimless at times. I don't even know where I'm at. I don't even, I don't even know if, I, if, if this is going to work. I, I'm, I'm going to continue to walk by faith. Because Paul's favorite metaphor when you study was the word walk. I'm going to keep walking. And, 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 and even though it may be fuzzy at times, I've got hope. I'm, I've got confidence in God. I've got confidence in his word. I'm going to stay with it. Now, here's something interesting, as I've kind of observed. When people lose hope, they lose their ability to dream. And what I see happening is discouragement replaces joy. And fear starts to replace faith. Anxiety replaces prayer. And people start getting weighed down with worry and anxiety, which can lead to depression. Insecurity replaces confidence. And if anything keeps people stuck, it's the feelings of in, uh, insecure, you know, being insecure, feeling ina inadequate, inferior. And so what ends up happening is tomorrow's dreams become today's nightmares. And it, it's just a brutal way to live. And so many people right now are searching for direction. They're searching for something to anchor their life in bigger than themselves. Howard, Hen Howard Hendricks is one of my favorite Bible teachers. He was an old prof at uh, Southeastern down in Dallas for years. And, and, and Howard Hendricks made this, uh, made this statement in regards to defining discouragement. He said, discouragement is the anesthetic that the devil uses he will use this anesthetic on a person just before he reaches in and carves out his heart. Discouragement. Oh, it is the anesthetic that the devil uses before he reaches in and carves out your heart. 
and so many people are living defeated, disillusioned uh, in, in their mindset with how they do life, defeated, discouraged lives. Proverbs 13, 12 says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick, which means when there's discouragement and disappointment, you will live heartbroken and sick. And hopeless people battle sickness. It, when people are hopeless and they don't have the joy of the Lord and the peace of Christ, what, what we see is it weakens the immune system. When you don't really feel like you've got purpose and direction, it's like, ah, it, it can absolutely just tear down your body. Biblical hope is not an escape from reality. Biblical hope is not an escape from problems. So when you start to study hope, hope is not idle. Hope is not passive. Hope is not just sitting in a, a chair on the front porch, just kind of rocking back and forth. Biblical hope, godly hope, spirit-filled hope is active. It's alive. It's vibrant. It wakes us up. It gets us going. Living a life of purpose leads to encouragement. What is my purpose? I'm here to know God, worship God, celebrate the goodness of God. When I'm walking in that, I'm walking in hope. But living a life of purpose leads to being encouraged. Encouragement then leads to hope. Hope starts to lead to a better change of life. And change even leads to a better future. And you start to walk in a more uh, defined destiny that God has for you. And there's people in your life right now that are misguided, misdirected, disoriented, and they're looking for hope. Now, here's some principles, and I would encourage you to think through these. Uh, people with hope experience change. Number one, hope changes how we see ourselves. This is so huge for me and my journey. Life is temporal. This is not home. And so when you start to think about how do you see yourself, I believe, again, that understanding who we are in Christ and our identity in Christ has got to drive the way we do life. If you can wake up in the morning and you can look in the mirror and you can tell yourself and really believe what God believes about you and say what God uh, says about you, I am redeemed. I am justified. I am God's friend. I am God's child. I am a joint heir with Jesus. Greater love has no one than this, that the, the king of all the universe and king of all glory would lay down his life for me. I am loved, treasured, and valued by God. We talk about the four laws of the heart where we're longing for love, acceptance, worth, and for guys, significance, girls, security. It's like the four laws of the heart are being met in Christ. So it changes how we see ourselves. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16 says, we do not lose heart and we never give up. Although our body may be decaying, we're getting older, things will fall apart. Yet our inner man is being renewed and restored daily. This was one of my favorite verses. I memorized this years ago. I was like, we're not going to lose heart. We're not going to throw the towel in. We're not going to give up. Yes, the outer man, things are happening with the body every day. From the time we're born, we're moving toward death. But the inward man is being renewed. The inward man is growing up. The inward man is being enriched every day. He goes on to say, for momentary light affliction, the affliction, the tension, the chaos, I can promise you this, for the believer and the one pressing into the Lord, it's producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond comprehension, far beyond comparison, far beyond anything that we can see. 
He goes on to say, we now, because of the lens of Christ that we've been given through the power of the Holy Spirit, we now look at things not which are seen, but we look at things which are unseen. Because things that are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And again, our dash on this planet is so short. And this is a short preparation right now for a long journey where we're going to spend eternity. So I would encourage you uh, contemplate this. People with hope, uh, it alters how we start to see ourselves. And we start to see God accurately. We start to see ourselves honestly. And uh, before Jesus, I mean, I was all, all wrapped up just in sports. Man, uh, baseball, basketball, whatever it was, I was wrapped up in it. And partying and just the thrill of the chase. But when I met Jesus, my paradigm shifted. And I would encourage you to think through that. Allow the power of the gospel to change you. Here's the second thing. Hope will determine and change uh, what we value. Hope changes what we value. It, it, it determines what we value. And we say here, live with eternity as your backdrop. Live with a heavenly perspective. Uh, live life in such a way that you're not just trying to stockpile things here for now. This is a great verse based on where we're living right now, especially when you walk the aisles of Kroger, Publix, Walmart, whatever. Matthew 6, don't hoard treasure down here where it gets eaten by moths and corroded by ru rust or even stolen by burglars. Stockpile treasure in heaven where it's safe. I love that. What, what is he saying? Don't stockpile toilet paper. Stockpile the word of God in your heart. What are you treasuring most? What are you valuing? Uh, what, what, what are you really valuing right now? What are you pressing into? And I can promise you when we start to live with hope, we start to value the things of God. Chasing after earthly stuff is empty stockpiling materialism is empty. I mean, I want to see as many people come to know the Lord as possible. And we will continue to utilize what we're doing right now with our uh, videos and, and the different platforms with, with Vimeo and, and uh, with Facebook and YouTube and all these things. We're going to get the word out. We're going to share the good news of the gospel with others. Why? Because it's what we value more than anything else. Third truth. Hope determines what we do with our lives. Hope will determine what you do with the talents that God's given you. It will determine what you do with the time that you have on this planet. It will determine what you do with your treasures, your, your wealth, and your resources. Ephesians 5, oh, great, great passage to contemplate. It says, be careful how you live. Don't live as fools. But, but live as a person who is really wise, the wisdom of God, connected to the things of God. Make the most of every opportunity. Make the most out of today. Make the most out of this quarantine situation. Make the most out of being isolated. Don't act foolish, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And I pray that you've been praying, Lord, what do you want me to do? Who do you want me to reach out to? Who do you want me to encourage? It goes on to say, let the Holy Spirit fill you. Let the Holy Spirit control you. Let the Holy Spirit lead you every day. And, and that's my prayer during this time. So as you break it down, hope changes how we see ourselves. It changes what we value. And it determines what we do with our lives.
Here's the wrap. Hope in Christ will bring about change and transformation. People with hope, pay attention to what's going on around you. People with hope have meaningful relationships. I look at people that treat relationships as if they're disposable, and what they're telling me is, I don't have any hope. I don't have any joy. I don't have any peace. It's all about me. They start to live a self-consumed, narcissistic almost life where they have to be in control. People with hope, I'm like, ah, man, meaningful relationships. People with hope are more productive. They're not just sitting around just wasting time. They're trying to redeem every moment that they can. It's so important. People with hope are able to overcome stress. And so right now, I mean, this has put pressure on all of us. But when we start to walk in it, you go, what are you learning? I'm learning that I'm able to deal with stress, pressure, tension, anxiety, whatever, because my hope is built on Christ. It's built on the Word of God. It's built on truth. It's not built on the circumstances that I see. People with hope are more successful and they're more satisfied. They, they live life in such a way that there's a satisfaction down inside of them. And, and they're not trying to beat other people down or, uh, or treat people harshly to get just something that they want. It's like, man, I'm, I've got freedom. They're more compassionate toward other people. They're more willing to help people in need. People with hope, you start to look and it's like they're physically even healthier than others. They're living with hope. This is not home. They're living with eternity uh, as their backdrop. People with hope, watch them. They have higher standards that they live by. They've got principles that drive them. And they're not satisfied with mediocrity or just complacency. They've got higher standards. God, God desires more and inspires more from me. A people with hope, they're much more likely to assume a position of leadership. They're okay with being shot at. They're okay with being counted, saying, hey, hey, I'll serve there. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that lead there. Because they've got hope. They believe that they can just lean into the Holy Spirit and, and trust the power of God to lead them. Uh, people with hope see God as loving. They see God as caring. And they see God as forgiving. So here, here would be my encouragement uh, as we kind of wrap up our uh, Wednesday uh, encouraging time, if you will, in the Word. I, my prayer for you as you sit there tonight is that you would experience only the hope that does not disappoint, that is found in the person of Jesus Christ and a personal relationship with Christ. The things of the world will continue to change. Things are going to fluctuate. There's always going to be stuff going on inside this world that we live in. It is a fallen world, but the risen king can be trusted. So I encourage you, as you sit there tonight, as you get in your small groups and dialogue with other people, press in to the hope that is found in Jesus and allow it to start to shift everything about you with how you see yourself, what you value, how you treat others, and how you express yourself in this world. I pray that you make it just a great week, and uh, I look forward to joining you Sunday as we continue in our series in the Gospel of John. Yes, sir, the Gospel of John will be in chapter 14. Be reading ahead. Be sure to be making notes. It's going to be a powerful day of worship. Now, go love God and go love your neighbor.